Here's a question for you. What brings you here? And another question. What really brings you here? I love how simple, clear questions like this can provoke clarity. I'm so pleased that you are here and that you've joined us so I can introduce you to Mark Lesser. He's a great human and the author of a book called Finding Clarity. The two questions I've asked are ones that Mark regularly uses in his coaching and consulting practice. Years ago, Mark was the director of the first Zen monastery in the Western world, and you'll hear how this has positively influenced his approach to leadership. For example, within Google, he helped develop the world-renowned Search Inside Yourself program, which has taught thousands the art of integrating mindfulness, emotional intelligence, and business savvy for creating great corporate cultures. These same themes weave through our conversation. You may be wondering, Simon, what brings you here? It was the opportunity to learn from Mark and to provide another quality episode of our podcast. And you could ask again, Simon, what really brings you here? Well, I really want to be a more effective leader myself and help other leaders do the same. And I know how often leaders want more accountability and yet struggle to achieve that in a compassionate way. Mark's insights can really help find clarity through compassionate accountability. Now, thankfully, we've got room around this dinner table for another person. So pull up a chair and listen in. And please remember to share this episode with a person that would also enjoy this after-dinner leadership conversation. So, Mark, welcome to the After Dinner Leadership Podcast. It's great to welcome you to our virtual dinner table. Welcome. Uh, Simon, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Great. Now, we have a a wonderful tradition on our show. I think it's wonderful. (laughs) Of inviting our our guests to answer some quick fire questions is a very easy way to get to know you and find out a little bit more about you. And I'm really delighted to have you here because in the short time that we've been speaking and the time I've been able to invest in your book, there's lots of layers I think that we could get into. And I hope that the, uh, the quick fire questions give some sense of that to our okay. today. Let's, let's do it. Okay, great. Here we go. Name. My name is Mark Lesser. Organization. Uh, ZBA Associates, named after my uh, first book called Zen of Business Administration. Industry sector. Oh, um, the socially responsible business world, primarily. Current position. Uh, I'm the founder CEO. What's your favorite time of day? Early in the morning. I, uh, I love the, the dark and quiet of the early mornings. What brings you joy? Um, people like you who are who seem to love to make good connections and are lifelong learners. How do you manage stress? Uh, I try to lean in, lean in, um, and um, transform stress into possibility. Who inspires you? So many people. Um, <laughs> I, this weekend, I was, uh, happened to be with an old, old poet friend, a woman named Jane Hirschfield. And um, I was like, wow, poetry. She, she figured out how to make a livelihood from poetry. Uh, that, that, was, that was inspiring. Right. Do you know what? There's so many answers there that I feel we could spend the rest of the conversation talking to. <laughs> Which one triggered a, a good thought for you, Mark? of those questions yeah the who inspires me you know the names that came into my mind 
were, um, uh, well, I, th I thought of athletes. Yes. Uh, Steph, Steph Curry inspires me. Watching, watching great quarterbacks in inspire me. The Dalai Lama inspires me. Frederick Douglass, who was a slave who became a great orator and, and beacon of freedom, inspires me. Uh, as do um, you know Barack and Michelle Obama. They both they both inspire me. Great. And also reading your book, I'm surprised you haven't mentioned Homer Simpson because he occurs oh. a lot in your book. <laughs> Ah, I'm not sure it's an inspiration, maybe, but uh, he's certainly a, a dominant character. Yes, and I've been quoting Homer a lot. Like one of my favorite quotes is, "It's easy to be wise. Just think of something stupid to say and don't say it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a great, it's a great quote. Um, we are. I'm really pleased to have you here, and and, and I'm grateful. In the intro, we will will have mentioned some of your your background. Uh, but I'm grateful for you writing this book, uh, which is called Clarity. Yep. Find, finding Clarity. Finding Clarity. Finding Clarity. Thank you. And, and finding clarity through compassionate accountability is a yes. phrase that's occurred in the book. Could you explain to us the connection between those words, please? Yeah. You know, well, the, the book actually started out with the title Compassionate Accountability, which is sort of the main, I wonder, the main theme of the book. And really, um, it, it's a, I'm, I'm struck by the importance of and usefulness in, in the work world and in, but all parts of our lives, this accountability. And, uh, you know, and partly it's not in the, the main title because people don't like accountability. You know, as I, I talk a little bit about this, that usually what's most associated with that word is lack of accountability yeah. or or performance reviews or like, but accountability is really about, you know, uh, alignment. And it's really about, so it's really about being clear, which is how the book came to be called Finding Clarity. Yeah. And, and just, and the compassionate piece is that we need both, right? That we need the accountability, the honesty, the clarity, but we also need the sense of uh, acceptance and openness and trust and love. And together, um, they're just a phenomenal combination in uh, in business and in, and in our lives. Yeah, yeah, I've certainly seen that, and I and I appreciate the examples that you used there. And I, I wonder, do you what kind of resistance do you get to the compassionate word? And you know, you've used this word love in a business context. Sometimes that doesn't always sit comfortably for people. Um, I'm just wondering how you, yeah, do you come up yeah. against anybody pushing back on that a little bit? Yeah, I and and I I I don't know that the world is quite ready, you know, for the word compassion. It's funny, my you know. Uh, I, there was a lot of resistance to the word mindfulness. And it's interesting how little by little that has now gotten not 100% accepted, but a, a lot more uh, accepted. Uh, I remember a, a, a conversation I had with my friend and colleague, a woman, uh, Kristen Neff, who wrote a book on um, uh, mindful self-compassion. And she mentioned that sometimes when she, when people push back on the word compassion, she'll just change it to building inner strength. <laughs> and I, I like that. Compassion 
you know, we, we get very hung up on language and meanings, um, you know, and they're important, uh, but we, we can get, we can back ourselves into these kind of strange narrow corners with words like love or like compassion. But uh, I think no one has trouble with building inner strength. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. I, I was struck by some questions that, um, that, that feature within your, your work. And uh, I mentioned to you before we came on air, we had a team meeting this morning and we used some of the questions from your book as a, a bit of a, a, an experiment, frankly, to say, well, this, how's this going to play out for our, our, uh, our meeting today? But there's two questions that I wanted to ask you that struck me quite powerfully and they'll be familiar to you. So the first one, what brings you here? Yeah, it's, you know, it's a great mystery, actually. I think this is one of the things that we, um, amazing thing about being, you know, a human being that we can ask such a question and we can immediately say, what do I mean by here? You know, here with you, here, here in Northern California, um, here on this planet Earth or this amazing consciousness awareness that we take for granted right so i could answer that question on on many many different layers do you want to clarify yeah sure <laughs> what brings you here to this podcast um my uh my team delightfully said hey you need to um you need to be on this podcast uh and 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 it's on on my calendar and it's amazing right these how these things <laughs> how, how how we met and uh yeah, I actually have, in, you know, engaged a um, a public relations team to help me get the word out on this book, Finding Clarity. And yeah, they, they made it they made it happen. And it looked, oh, this will be interesting. Yeah, I'm delighted that, that that's uh, the case. And your second question, which you've kind of anticipated because you know it <laughs> very well, but I'm going to ask it because I think it's a helpful one to put out there. Um, what really brings you here? Yeah, yeah, I think... Um, I feel like I have a uh, a deep aspiration to be of service, you know, to um, I feel I've been incredibly privileged, lucky in my life, the people who have supported me, the things I've been able to do, um, you know, and both, you know, there's, uh, there's the I could answer that. I, I was answering that, I think, from the standpoint of my own uh, confidence and my ability to be of service. I could also answer that question from great humility that uh, everything is providing me with help and support and service. And I see every situation as uh, what can I learn? What, what can I learn here? As well as how can I serve? It's interesting. I love that that uh that spectrum of being of service and being a learner yeah thank you um, thank you for honoring those questions too they're, they're great questions uh, helpful and already in the conversation we've had uh, i can hear the sense of um dualities i think is how you referred to them in the book and just like not being pinned down to a particular kind of answer recognizing there's a there is this spectrum of responses mm -hmm. and i I'd love to just explore that some more, uh, Mark, in terms of the thinking about my role as a leader, I'm leading a business or I'm interested in being an effective leader. Why is that an important thing, do you feel, for 
yeah, um, I don't know if you call it a mindset, actually. I'll, I'll refer it to, you know, this mindset of having this kind of spectrum of, of responses. Why is that an important thing, do you feel? Yeah, you know, it's interesting when you said that, I realized, um, you know, there's a shadow, there is a shadow side to that because we, we do need to make decisions and we need to be clear. But, but I think the, um, you use the, the expression, you know, uh, non-duality, which in some way is not being caught by our limited beliefs or by our habit energy. So to me, part of the practice of being a successful business person or a full human being is to, is to notice that, um, you know, we all have that, uh, we all have that in us that, you know, that wanting, you know, we want things to be clear. We're searching for clarity, but we, um, I love the expression, you know, uh, uh, don't be a board carrying fellow. Don't yeah. be someone who, who only sees a limited part of the world. So take the board off your shoulder and op open up, open up to um, what we don't know to the, to, and it's, and it can be, um, it can be a little uncomfortable opening up to what we don't know. But again, I think that that's, uh, again, important in, in work and life. Yeah. I found that to be one of the most invigorating things uh, the, the older i'm getting I, I think there's a famous quote of kind of the less i know type thing and just uh meeting new people i think the the podcast itself has, has been a real joy just uh, meeting characters like yourself and expanding my understanding and and knowledge of the world through great conversations so um yeah it's been great but even when i'm coaching somebody of course you're there in a really um I think quite a sacred responsibility kind of uh, you're kind of honored to be in that space and someone sharing some very deep and meaningful bits of their thinking with you <laughs> and but in the process kind of learning so much you know one of the challenges i have as a coach sometimes is, wow that's fascinating you know that and, and then you kind of get drawn in and being able to restrain your own thinking of course but someone said something that's so profound or so helpful to them and you you know the natural person you can easily get triggered by wow <laughs> i love i love that thought and then realize you're listening may be going a bit skewed as, as a as a consequence um but i yeah I'd, i really think you know some of the thoughts that you've shared in your in your work are, are really really helpful um i'd love to ask you mark I, i've read most of your book i haven't finished it and i will do because I've, I've i've got through a good chunk of it it's been really helpful where would where would you like to talk about where would it be helpful for you to to talk about today i've got a whole series of questions i can go to but is there something that you haven't spoken about on other podcasts or conversations that you think actually this is the essence of what the message i'm trying to get across and i'd, I'd love to go there with you what what is it you'd really like to talk about today yeah i think in some way it's the um you know and in a way i can i can I, i'm it's interesting how i'm i'm picking it up from you in in part but it's the I think it's the link between, you know, our, our own state of mind and what we, what we, the assumptions and mindset that we bring to things and, and, and working, you know, the work that we do with that, our own, uh, our own awareness, right? And you, you use a moment ago, you used the word sacred and, and I thought, yes, that's, I, I I was um, shying away a little bit from using that word, uh, but 
really uh, that image of the board carrying fellow, what it really refers to is that we live in the ordinary world and that we also live in the sacred world. And we tend to get only, you know, it's easy to forget the sacred world. It's easy. And, and yet, I think um, bringing in that world as well as the ordinary world <laughs> and, and how that impacts uh, our ability to be an effective leader and to work and grow organizations and teams, the, the importance of the, the, that connection between that mindset, work, and, um, you know, and helping to, uh, to also connecting that with uh, heal, healing uh, ourselves and our communities and, and this world that we live in, the, that we've, um, I think we have inadvertently, you know, partly through, through a lack of um, understanding uh, the, the the mess that we've created in terms of the environment and climate change and um, not to mention the you know the age-old age-old mess of uh, greed hate and delusion um, and the, the the violence that persists in in our world so that that there's a lot there but that th those con those connecting points are I think uh, invaluable to to unpack some yeah the the assumptions and the mindsets piece I mean, you talk you talk through some really helpful steps i found in the the book to help someone to um discover um more deeply their things like their life vision and to to be um able to challenge their own stories so dropping the stories one of the the chapters of the, of the book that you talk about and I think it would be really helpful for you to to share why dropping the story. I I'm, apologize if I'm not getting the language quite right, but dropping your story is a um, an important step to this finding clarity through compassionate accountability. Yeah, I think um, I think it might be in that chapter that I talk about. You know that. Um, one of my Google scientist friends was fond of saying that we humans are descendants of the nervous apes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And that, so our stories, we, we naturally, um, almost unconsciously uh, seem to have the story of, um, of fear, of survival. Um, and what comes with that, I think, is uh, not listening and, and, and blame a sense of blame, especially if we're hurt any, any time, you know, our, we feel any sense of, of fear, we tend to go, we create immediately a, a story that almost is unconscious and go right to blaming, blaming others. And then that narrows, that narrows our, our choices and our ability to listen and to, um, and to be effective as a, as again, as a leader or in any of our relationships, I can, uh, I can remember a, um, a, a therapist who I worked with in, you know, uh, 
there was a time when I was struggling in my, you know, in my marriage and my primary relationship. And she was a bit like a broken record and said, you have to just drop the story, whatever, whatever story you're telling about this other person. Um, it's not, it's not going to go well if you stick with it. Yeah. And, and then I liked, I loved the antidote that she provided, which is whatever you're wanting from another person, you go first. Right. So like um, in the, whether it's in the personal life or your uh, business world, you, you want, you know, you want this other person to, to listen to you more, to appreciate you more, uh, to pay more attention to you, um, whatever it is you want more, you want them to show more initiative. Well, you, you, you embody it, you go first, Don't, stop waiting for other people to do what you feel is missing, but instead, um, yeah, have the courage to step into it. Yeah, it's almost like that behavior breeding behavior type phrase that uh, sticks in my mind. Yeah, it's kind of leading out with that. I think it's a really wise point. I've had some recent conversations in some management development workshops just around some very challenging senior bosses. So I'm talking to a middle manager. They're trying to lead well, but they're reporting into somebody who is very aggressive command and control type uh, personality and um, they're trying different things to try and get a more collaborative conversation but they're really struggling with the kind of just do it type responses that they're getting you know how do you help a manager who's faced with that dilemma you know they're trying to do better they're trying to engage with somebody in a more constructive way but it's being met very, with very i'll say aggressive responses yeah, I mean, t two things come to mind. One is kind of, I think, building on what I was just saying about coming in yourself, embodying the kind of listening presence and curiosity can sometimes actually have, you know, a uh, you know, some some effect. Yeah, but but in a more maybe in a more um, you know very difficult situation. What, what I found is, uh, again, this may sound radical, but if, you know, if that person is in a senior position and you're noticing that, that pattern in that relationship, and you also notice that all of the other people, all of your colleagues are having the same exact uh, kind of relationship with this person, if you could very skillfully have a group of people come to that person and say, we need to have a talk here. We need to let you know that we appreciate you. There's so many strengths that you bring. However, we don't feel like you're really listening, that your, your, uh, your command and control style works in a certain way, but we think it's holding back our team and our company. Uh, can, we, can, we, can we talk about that? I mean, this would be like, what? I mean, again, people might be shaking in their boots when you sure. think about, doing that with certain people but i've actually seen it done um uh i've ex i've experienced it it may not be something that's going to work you know for all leaders and all but if there's a if you can do it skillfully if you can do it without um attacking but really with a uh the intention of wanting the best for this person and for the team and uh, i mean this is what i love about i i get to do this in a certain way in my coaching practice, because I, I especially 
if I do a 360 and I find out, oh, uh, this person just is not getting how they're seen. You know, they, it's like if you, if you think you're a good listener, everyone around you says you're not a good listener, you're not a good listener. <laughs> yes. Yeah, no, I, I can see that uh, for sure. That's helpful. Um, the other the other little, I'll call it a technique. I hope that doesn't under, undervalue it. This idea of um, leading in with the story I'm telling myself as part of the preparations for conversations like that. Could you help our listeners to think about or to share how that technique works? Um, yeah, yeah it's it a really, sound? it's a simple tool, but even... Um, any time, especially any time where people are disagreeing or or there's conflict, uh, to be able to um, say to another person, you know, the story I'm telling myself is is that um, you. It looks to me like your attention is elsewhere. You seem distracted, or. Um, I don't think you're seeing the whole picture. Is the story I'm so it takes away. It takes away any sense of blame, yeah. And it 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 means I'm 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 saying um, it's recognizing that we uh, we all have our particular perspective and our particular point of view. So here's mine. I'm not telling. I'm not saying that this is you know the tr this isn't necessarily the truth. This is my truth. Yes. Um, and it and it can um, and you might be surprised to find out the story that the other person is telling themselves um, about. And sometimes it might be about you and, and what your, what your, what your particular role is in this, in this conflict. It can be, it can be eye opening and, but mostly opening to have that, um, that tool at your disposal. So if I've understood it correctly, there's something around preparing through asking that question before I enter into the dialogue, I, I could ask that question of myself to audibly get my thinking around the stories that I have out of my head in front of me. Is that, have I understood that right? Totally. Yeah. I mean, this is, I think, valuable. You know, we're talking about it, I think, in the context of, um, you know, relationships yeah. and, but, but even, you know, even when we are, uh, formulating our strategy and our vision for our companies. You know, we're, we all make certain assumptions. We tell ourselves certain stories and, and it's just a way of testing them, right? Like, you know, uh, the story I'm telling myself is this, this is, this is my strength. This is my brand. This is who my audience is. Um, how, how, yeah, how, how aligned is that with the, uh, the data that I'm receiving with the responses I'm getting? Yeah. Yeah. With, how it's going yeah and then in the dialogue itself as you've demonstrated earlier you can actually use that as a a way of leading into expressing those stories in in the actual conversation with somebody yeah it can be a um a simple and useful way to open up um yeah. a, a, a con you know a, a conversation again whether it's um yeah any again it, what I love about this 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 communication work is that it it's the same patterns um, at work and at home, and we yes. can practice we can practice at in our workplace to have the difficult conversations at at home, or we can practice at home 
uh, to be a better, better leader, a better communicator in, yeah. in our work. I agree. So, so I've got, I've got seven children. We've got six daughters and one son. We've got three granddaughters. So yeah, that, that I often refer to as my human laboratory, you know, trying to work out the different personalities and the likes But as they've turned into adults, it's been a really interesting experience, you know, sort of being a father to adult children rather than uh, infant or teenage children. It's a different dynamic for sure. You tell a lovely story in your book around the relationship with your daughter and asking just a simple question. Would you be willing to share a little bit about the context of that? Yeah, uh, the story that I think you're referring to, the question was, how are we doing? Uh, you know, we had, uh, we had had a, um, a bump in the road. There was, you know, a, there was a, uh, a, 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 a family, some, some family stress and miscommunication that caused uh, some pain and actually sort of a, a strange my my daughter and I had always been super super close, and then there was this breach that that happened, and um, and this was me, you know, a little while after that, just checking in and saying, you know, um, how how are we how are we doing, and I've recognized that those uh, those four words are uh, they can be hard to ask, um, especially like our daughter. But they they can be hard to ask, you know, our boss or the people yeah. we're working with. But they're again, there's these are such uh, simple, obvious, potent words and, and a question. But you, it takes I think it takes a bit of um, awareness and practice to be able to ask that question because it implies a certain amount of trust and connection. Yeah, um, it implies. Um, that uh, I really want to know the answer. Um, there's no blame. There's no blame here, you know. And sometimes, and it's hard, especially in the work world where there are power differentials. Um, the answer that you might get to such a question is fine. You know, how are we doing? Fine. Everything's fine. It's all good. And uh, and there's sometimes again a follow up question like. I really want to know what's not working. I really want to know um, what some of the gaps are. Um, what what isn't working well? What are, what are some of the challenges? Um, um, yeah, I'm, tell me about tell me about your tell me about your frustration. Yeah, I I had a lovely experience speaking to a guy called Oscar Trimboli who who used the the question, "What are you noticing about my listening?" So he focuses on deep listening, and and I I really like that question as a way of just digging into it. And it feels like how are we doing is has got a similar vibe to it. The kind of what are you noticing? And and actually, the the kind of the real question is is searching for something deeper than just the surface level response, is how I was reading it in your in the way you described it. And now you've just talked to that too. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That um, again, this is one of the nuances or central points about uh, accountability is primarily around alignment, right? Noticing in what way. In what way are we aligned in uh, our vision of what success looks like? And then how are we aligned in how we're getting there? How are, are we, how, how's it going and how yeah. we're working together? Yeah. Excellent. You, you've had years of working with others uh, around these topics and, and 
leading businesses successfully and i i I sense a slightly different point actually kind of maybe kind of an inadvertent business leader from your time in the monastery is is how I'm interpreting that as like how how did I get here as a CEO of a of a business could you tell us a little bit about your realization around that and yeah you know yeah I did um you know I took a one year leave of absence from uh from university and and then that turned into 10 years at the Zen Center um but one of the surprising things about my time living in this Zen community was that I kept being asked to take on leadership positions. Yeah. And I found that I really liked it. And, and, um, and then it, shortly after I left, went to business school, I had this vision of a company that I, that I created a publishing company and, uh, yeah, man, I learned so much by, you know, uh, launching a company from take, taking an idea about um, making things out of recycled paper. That was the original vision. And, um, and we were making greeting cards and calendars and journals and things. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, the, from uh, raising money and bringing in, you know, doing a private stock offering and building a team and growing a company. And then we became a uh uh one of the we, we were in that early wave of dot-com companies in the year you know 1999 and 2000 and so that was an enormous um learning experience for me all of all of that and uh yeah i have tremendous um respect for what it takes to take an idea and grow it into a a company that that works that that both works to me works means um uh, does good things, uh, is uh, healthy culturally, and is healthy uh, financially. Mm. What three leadership lessons do you wish you'd learned earlier? One is uh, nobody has all the answers. Um, to ask a lot of people, listen to people, but um, uh, don't forget your own your own your own inner wisdom, you know, trust, trust yourself, um, more, uh, that would be, that'd be one lesson. Um, I think the coming back to something I said earlier about, um, learn to be confident and humble, uh, uh train yourself to be, um, uh, to be confident and humble. And uh, maybe the third is that, um, business and leadership is a phenomenal place to, develop yourself to develop your own um, as a whole person uh, there's so much there uh, that business and leadership the way that they bridge the uh, success and failure and the details uh, along with something larger the training yourself to be confident and humble mark that sparks some interest for me what would be a tip if i'm sam just starting in my management journey I love the word you said, train yourself to be confident and humble. What, what might be some of the steps I could take to help in that training? Yeah, I think um, just starting by, uh, by asking the question of yourself. Um, it would also be a great uh, conversation, perhaps with the people, um, the people around you. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, uh, speaking personally, I, I, um, 
I used to get a lot of feedback. Um, you know, so like um, finding myself teaching up in front of rooms of Google engineers and teaching mindfulness and emotional intelligence. Um, I, uh, the stories I told were mostly about humility, that I was really good at exuding my own humility, came really naturally to me, I have to say. I had to work on showing up with kind of confidence. Yes. And, and being able to speak about certain, uh, and for, to me that was learning to speak with a little bit more precision in my language. It was becoming comfortable in telling stories about my own successes uh, whereas it was very easy for me to tell stories about my failures. Uh, uh, so yeah, just, I think, uh, noticing the patterns and being willing to, uh, to try things. Yeah. I guess another theme that's emerging then again, is this idea of self-discovery and, and really doing the hard work of looking in inward first before you try to change the world outside of you. It's like looking in, it feels. Totally, totally. And I think that, um, you know, these three big concepts of right, leadership, emotional intelligence, and mindfulness, to me, it's they're all held to go all held together by self discovery and self they're all, they're all uh, ways to grow ourselves and, and grow others, right? To yeah, be, uh, transforming, yeah. transforming ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's really helpful. And another question, maybe on the timeline, as you look to the future, what are you hopeful about? Um, I like to think that, you know, there's some glimmer of some general growth in um, awareness and consciousness. It's so funny to me the way that the, um, uh, you know, that the conservatives here in the United States, I don't know if this is true worldwide, you know, this term woke, is yes. being used yes. as a, you know, damning, negative, divisive thing. And I get it, you know, I, I, I get it that from one perspective, it, it looks, um, you know, it's easy, it's easy to uh, make fun of or to or to mock just as it's easy for woke people to look at um, uh, the conservatives. To me, I think, again, it's uh, finding finding meeting ground and finding clarity through honesty, honest, honest dialogue. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think there's something around genuine action rather than um, kind of social media disdain. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that, yeah. that is something that I'm maybe a little bit sensitive to. It's, it's easy to get on and either troll somebody or post something. It's like, how dare they? And it's like, but okay, what are you doing yourself? Are you are you actually positively contributing in there? It's, it's easy to criticize from the gallery, I think, um, anybody, you know, on any side of the fence. Yeah. It's like, well, what, are you, what yeah. are you personally doing to try and influence and change that? Um, Mark, we're coming towards the end of our conversation and I'd love for you to just share what is it you would hope that they would get from reading this? I think a greater awareness and and the um, leaning in leaning in to uh, what what is uncomfortable and the gaps between uh, 
what is and what we want in our relationships, in our businesses, in, in um, our world, um, and to have the courage to uh, skillfully move forward with closing, closing some of those gaps, uh, to, not, um, to not get caught up in the habit energy, to not get caught up in the fears, um, but to, yeah, there's something about, I mean, I do, uh, you know, when someone asks me, what is this book really about? What do I, what do I really, how do you really use uh, compassionate accountability? Without thinking about it, I said, it's about finding clarity. It's about finding, so finding more clarity yeah. in our lives. Such an important thing in the world today as well, which I really appreciate. And, and I, I would look forward to finishing the book in the next day and continue the the read thank you for sharing the insights that you have done in this conversation as well mark and wish you the very best of success if anyone would like to reach out to you directly how do they best do that you can go to my website which is um uh mark lesser m-a-r-c-l-e-s-s-e-r.net and um tons of information there as well as you can reach me through there or okay. Uh, through my through my LinkedIn profile. It's amazing how easy it is to get in touch with almost anyone in the world these days. Right, isn't it? Yeah, thank you, Mark. And it's been a joy. What's a, what's a key takeaway for you from this conversation today? Uh, be confident, question everything. Right. Love <laughs> it. And I, I really enjoyed your uh, many things I've read. There was one paragraph I wanted that maybe leads in nicely to this idea of change and and bringing these things I, I like this expect change to happen quickly and gradually when it comes to inner and outer growth it helps to be both patient and impatient on the one hand we can't expect instant results lasting change requires patience and diligence on the other hand don't wait the moment is now by continually seeking change we allow for it to unfold in sudden and surprising ways i think that's a lovely way to springboard beyond this conversation and, and uh, think about how we can ensure that we're growing over over time um and also quickly so Beautiful. thank you so much thank Mark. you appreciate yep. all your wisdom and wish you the best of success with the book and look forward to speaking again at another time thank you okay. thank you our after dinner conversation is done our guest has left and you're still here I'm, I'm, you're very welcome. I'm glad you found the conversation engaging and I have a favour to ask. Stop and think about someone you know that would find this conversation valuable. A family member, a friend, a colleague, perhaps an aspiring leader. Send it on to them. Share the message. Also, please subscribe or follow the podcast. It only takes a second and it allows you and others to get easier access to these conversations. Thanks so much. And join us again soon for another episode of the After Dinner Leadership Podcast. You can leave now. I need to do the dishes.